Welcome readers old and new. This is the Early Late Night Review Show. The audio in the first six minutes of this podcast is of poor quality but it gets better soon after. The content, however, remains questionable. Hold on in there, and enjoy! I'm listening to uh, the cricket on the radio whilst watching football on the television. Yeah, you're going to have to turn the cricket off, because otherwise we're only going to be able to hear cricket. Yeah, okay, it's off now. Right, if this is bad quality, it's not going to go on the podcast. If it's great quality, welcome to the Early Late Night Review. I feel weird, you're not yeah. even looking at me, you're looking at the TV. <laughs> I'm not, I'm looking at my laptop. This is, this yeah. is like a conversation with a, a long-time yeah. partner. This is what happens. You talk to each other and you're <laughs> no, just staring no. at the side of their face. He just ended up texting whilst uh, talking to Yeah. How's your back, by the way? Have you got a... Have you got a oh my God, you're wearing Uggs. <laughs> that is not acceptable. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 it's good. You want to see my scar? Yeah, okay. It's, it's, not a visual, uh, it's not a visual medium, but let's do it anyway. Yeah, good. I'm not sure if you can see it, but... <laughs> I can just see your eyes, right. mate. <laughs> <laughs> Did that not work? Uh, no, not really. So, no, okay. What did they do? Alright, so it's a spinal fusion. So what they have to do is they put a, uh, a vertical sounds, cut into your back. That's pretty metal, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then they, they, uh, they put a cage between some of your vertebrae in order to provide support through the, through the lower spine. Um, and so that the bits that they're basically putting the cage around can, can fuse through the cage. I've explained that terribly, but what it really means is what you're the bits of that naked can fix itself if it's not got support in there. Well, what you're, what you're trying to say is spinal fusion is a major surgery, usually lasting several hours. There are different methods of spinal fusion. Bone is taken from the pelvic bone. Did you have that? Really? I know. Or, or from the bone <laughs> bank. What the fuck's a bone bank? Have they gone to the bank to get you some bone? Yeah, yeah, you know, you can make deposits, withdrawals, that <laughs> kind of thing. They can issue you bone credit, all of those Luck- Luckily, you were saving up your bone from when you were early, early age. Yeah. The bone is used to make a bridge between vertebrae that are next to each other. The bone graft helps new bone grow. Right. Yeah, they did do a graft. I remember he said something about graft. But maybe that was just him talking about, you know, all the hard work he's put into fixing my back. Right, so what's the plan when you come over in um, December? Well, I arrive on uh, Thursday, which is the 15th. You're listening to the Early Late Night Review. Let's rejoin the conversation as the boys talk about cleaners. It's the way forward, mate. Just get someone else to come in and clean up. So they're very good at lining things up straight on a side. Yeah, yeah it's very feng shui. Yeah. She also folds the bog roll into a little point. No, that's not acceptable. It's like shitting in a hotel. I know, it's nice. No. <laughs> no, no, no. It's almost no. like you go into someone else's bathroom. You just <laughs> yeah. toilet and walk out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wouldn't want to be that guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but the other day she broke my um, one of my cables to connect the... Um, speaker to the television and I was trying to put it on for ages and couldn't figure out what it was and then I looked and it's been it's broken out the back and she just sort of left it and sort of pushed it in so it looks like it's connected so that when I pick it up uh-huh. it then falls out yeah 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 and so obviously it's you know kind of my fault so I picked that but you know you can see what's happened did you convert so sort of stuff it back in no I didn't she hasn't come back yet this was um last week one time when I was um, at my mate's house, we used to play um, computer games together, as you did when you were young. 
and yeah. there was an antique chair that his parents owned, which was valued at three thousand pounds, and this was back in the eighties. So, yeah, uh, an expensive chair, and what happens is we used to bring it in to sit on all the time um, as a as a, like a second chair to play games. And his dad was always like, "Don't touch the antique chair; you're going to break it." And obviously, we're like, "No, we're not." <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we we're playing computer and what games. Yeah, then we started fighting each other, and, and then there was this massive yeah. <laughs> noise, and, and, and he was like, oh no, oh no, and the whole leg had snapped off. So what we did yeah. was, we put put the leg back, like it was very evidently broken, and then yeah. just covered it with cushions and stuff, and then yeah. uh, the cleaner found it and grasped us up, and it was like, oh fuck you. But I guess you didn't want to oh, take any, yeah, for breaking a 3,000 pounds. Yeah. Um, I've got a chair breaking story as well. I broke a French woman's chair once, and it was also an antique. <laughs> the guy that I worked with, and we went to his house to get pissed, and uh, his wife at the time, uh, they subsequently got divorced, but I don't think it was anything to do with the chair, um, had a little just antique chair, sort of really tiny little thing, in the corridor. Um, and I went into the corridor, and I had to wait there. I think I was going into the bathroom. And I sat in this little chair, and because I was pissed, I just sort of swapped down there. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and it broke. And she came out and she said, Go on, Death, he's my empty chair, you have ruined it. <laughs> and she was really pissed off. Um, Did you leave? And I was like, Oh, don't worry about it, it's fine. No, 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 don't worry about it, don't worry about it. And so she stopped talking after a while, but then. Um, yeah, <laughs> don't, don't worry about your priceless empty chair. She was real mad about that chair. It belonged to a, you know, great aunt, Mathilde or something from uh, La Rochelle. And, you know, it was her favourite aunt and she's now dead and it was the only thing that she's got to remember this aunt by or some bullshit like that. But I was like, well, this is so fucking great. Why is it stuck in the little corner of your corridor outside your bathroom where clearly someone's going to sit on it and they've got to wait to have a bit. With the audio quality failing, our intrepid host swaps recording techniques in a heroic bid to save the podcast. Join the boys as they rant about politics again. In media and uh, living cities and so on, it's two separate, completely separate um, demographics, as far as I can see. No, they are. I agree they're separate. But the point is, Chris Bryant and other members of the Blairite Labour Party aren't listening to either of them. He's not listening to yeah. the demographic who says. I want Brexit, and he's also not yeah. listening to anyone who's actually considers himself left-wing, who has come out in on mass to vote for Corbyn, and and he was saying last night on on like TV. Um, well, young people are pro-EU for the main part because they grew up with it and they think that... Um, well, the thing that annoys me about it is they believe it's some kind of progressive, socialist fucking... Uh, yeah, even though it's the most anti-democratic, ridiculously untransparent organisation going. And it's and also, bear in mind that it's um, it's a business club. It started out as a business club yeah, and they've just it expanded it. Is, yeah. It's just about business. As you get to be an EU commissioner, uh, we'll get a good job in the private sector first. And when you're the president of your company, donate to a political party. When you retire, you'll be made an EU commissioner or something. Uh, that's exactly what's happening. It's like... Um... Yeah. Well, funny enough, it's the same people who would probably call for um, a complete reform of the House of, uh, House of Lords. Uh, yet the uh, European Commission works pretty much in the same way. It's just people who are nominated by the government of the day. It's like, yeah, all right, you'll look after our interests. You go over to Europe. Exactly the same as they put um, people in the House of Lords. Yeah, on the one hand, they say the House of Lords is old school, it's archaic, you know, we should have representation in the upper house that, you know, we can vote in or out. But they want us to remain part of the EU, which basically has exactly the same system in the European Commission. Yeah, I know. And and it's going to get worse. One of the things that really, really struck home is when you said to me, a vote for the EU is not just a vote for the EU, it's a vote for further integration. Well, it would have been because... Of if, course. Yeah, if they would have, if Remain would have won... And, you know, the biggest, uh, uh, well, I guess the member of the EU who's always been the most anti-EU, i.e. Britain, would finally have been brought into line. And they would have seen that as carte blanche, though. 
to go and do whatever they want. You know, have your EU army, have your uh, all the border bullshit, which they know. Yeah, yeah, on. federal, state, would, and all that. Yeah, would have just made it so much worse. Well, what I mean, and the thing, the other thing that amazes me is for forty years since since the integration vote in in seventy five when they voted for the EEC. Since then, we've had the Maastricht Treaty, we've had the Treaty of Rome, we've had the Lisbon Treaty, we've had other treaties that I don't know about or I can't remember right now. And the point is, not a single one of them was in anyone's manifesto. No one voted for them. It was all politics through the back door. And then suddenly yeah, people get a vote, they say no, and then everyone's up in arms. It's like, fuck you. You shouldn't be up in arms about this. You should be celebrating this. Um, I hate it when you read the papers and they say since Brexit. Uh, it hasn't happened yet. All that happened is that there's been a vote, and you know they haven't even triggered Article 50 yet. We're still a member of the EU. We're still sort of, um, you know, nothing's actually changed in that regard. But the way that people talk, kind of almost, you know, is as though we've already left. Yeah, I no, I agree, and it and it really annoys me. People go, "Oh, look at the state of Britain." It's like you do understand we're still in the EU. Yeah, exactly. Like nothing's actually changed. It's like when the Daily so, Mail tried to um, have a hate campaign against um, late licensing, and they used to go yeah. into the high streets and film people having fights and stuff, and they'd be like, "Look yeah. at the state of Britain." It's like, yeah, this is before late licensing, you idiots. This is when everyone yeah. piles out at eleven o'clock and beats each other up in a kebab shop. Um, so yes, we're still there. So, yeah, yeah. what do you think of um, Trump? Uh, not a lot, really. Um, yeah, he's a fucking yeah, dick. I- I think it's a real shame because I think in, um, you know, after eight years of Obama, uh, which has pretty much been a bit of a letdown after all the, you know, fanfare and hope and whatnot, there was a definite opportunity for the Republicans to come in with a decent centre-ground candidate who can, you know, win votes back from the Democrats and actually have a decent shot of uh, uh, getting into power. Instead, what they've got is a half-baked, orange-faced lunatic um, <laughs> who firstly isn't going to win and secondly, if he did, would be the biggest disaster ever. And thirdly, after he loses, um, it's just going to cause an ongoing massive rift um, in the Republican Party over there because you got half of them who, you know, sort of were on board and then the normal lot in that party who, you know, just thought, the guy's a dick and you can possibly vote for him. So from that point of view, it's awful. Secondly, uh, Hillary Clinton is probably one of the most uninspiring Democratic candidates you've seen for a long time. No one really knows what she stands for. Like, yeah. It's not like she's coming in under some, you know, sort of big hope-waving banner like Obama did all those years ago. Uh, what, what, what does she actually stand for? Like, uh, I said that. She stands, she stands for the status quo, doesn't she? Yeah, she's just status quo, isn't she? Like, you know, just status quo, continuation, Washington, D.C., Wall Street, whatever. And it's just either one of them are just, uh, just unappealing, you know? No, I agree. And I think I genuinely think Trump's a very dangerous man. I think um, I think if he got into office, uh, there'd be a lot of problems. I think he's a massively... He's a psychopath. He's 100% a psychopath. Yeah, of course he's, he is. He's an ignorant man. He's an arrogant man. Um, he's power-hungry. And he has... He's not, he's not an adult. He doesn't have the kind of measured ability to take criticism, to have consideration for certain things. <laughs> all, the, all, all the kind of things you'd like want. 1998 Mallet in charge of the government. Yes, exactly, exactly. It's like someone says one thing and he's like, "No." Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, it's like your mate that you 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 used to fucking go down a pub with, and you'd get drunk and go mental. It's a bit like that. So what are you doing? Are you closing your French windows? Yeah, I'm just shutting the door. I'm trying to record something on my phone, so let's do a pickup. Um, okay. Tell me, tell me who you are, where you are, and how you know me. All right. My name's Tom Bolton. I'm in Sydney, New South Wales, Australia, um, and I know Jamie from... No, no, place. hang on, you can't use my real name, you have to say uh, Jamie Mocha. Well, what's wrong with your real name? Because I don't want cunts looking at me on the internet. Well, hold on, you're putting yourself out there, I'm sure they can figure it out pretty easily. Yeah, no, I'm sure they can, but I still don't like using my real name. Really? Yeah, have you seen the, have you seen the programme Hunted? You probably haven't because you're in Oz. It's probably just like Neighbours yeah. and Sons and Daughters, isn't it? And Home and Away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Prisoner and, uh, Cell Block H. What's the other one? Shortland Street. Sh- sh- I've never even heard of that one. Anyway, in, in, um, in Hunted, what they do is, and I'm going to apply yeah. for it next season, is Channel 4, they give you £100,000 if you can go on the run and not get caught for 30 days. Oh, cool. Yeah, which is cool, but the, what they do is they have a central intelligence room and it's all ex-military, ex-MI6, um, you know, all that kind of thing. And they fucking... Yeah. 
they they fucking nail almost everybody. Two two guys out of like twenty made it this this series. Yeah. And it's amazing how they how much they fuck you up. But the first thing they do is just they go straight to social media onto the internet and find all your details from there. And that's that's how yeah, they. That wouldn't be too much of a problem for me because I don't really have much on social media. I don't think I've put anything on Facebook since about 2012. So I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't see how they could track me down using that. Well, it's not just that, it's your email, they'll hack your email straight away. They'll look at your browsing history, oh, you know, they'll look at your Google oh, really? accounts, all of that kind of thing, yeah, you know. Oh dear. Right, hold on, I thought you couldn't get that anymore. Didn't yeah. um, Google and Apple both have a big ding-dong with the FBI about that, that, you know, you can't just go out and do this, that and the other. All yeah. they can get is uh, your message out of it, No, what, well, what's ha- No, what's happening is... Um, Edward Snowden leaks showed is that um, the stuff the government couldn't get out, like the NSA and GCHQ, when they went to Apple and Google and Facebook and asked for this information and they said no, and then they took them through the courts and the courts said no, they just stole it through the fibre optic cables. So there was actual... (laughs) Yeah, so so they've got it all. They've got it all. The phone records, they've they've got it all. The only... You should be because it's like, like get, someone looking the, in your I window. Get, I get the wider point about you know there's got to be oversight and control and we need to know what's happening. Um, but you know, and you think if it was a rogue government, like it was, um, if it was bloody I don't know Robert Mugabe doing it or whatever, you think yeah, all right, that, that's, a, that's a bit of an issue. But I really don't have this kind of whole sort of paranoid point of view that the government's kind of say say after you. Yeah, but they're openly uh, breaking the law. They're openly breaking the law to steal information, to spy on you. That in itself yeah, yeah, should be yeah, concerning. Yeah. But they're not spying on you. They're but they are. This is, the, this is the whole point. They are. Nobody is spying on you. They're collating that information. Ed, as Edward Snowden said, if you don't mind being spied on because you've got nothing to hide, it's like saying you don't care about free speech because you've got nothing to say. It works on the same principle. You should be able to be free to say what you want to say in the same way you should be able to be free to do what you want to do without being monitored. And, and yeah, what, it's not the same thing. It's very, it's very much the same thing. It's very much the same thing. And, and it, there's, a, there's a dangerous precedent to be set when we... It's alarming, in fact, when we shrug off the fact that uh, it's not a problem if, if, if they illegally spy on us. In the same way that yeah. people shrug off the, the anti-democratic um, transparency of the EU. And this is, this, is what, this is what politics has come down to today. It's come down to a point where people have stopped caring about freedom of speech, democracy, accountability, on all different levels. And you're like, the moment we start letting these keystones of, of freedom go, then we're fucked. And we're slowly letting them go, as it is. When uh, Blair wanted to lock up terrorist suspects for 90 days without trial, it's like, what the fuck? Since the Magna Carta, we've had no imprisonment without trial, and suddenly he wants to come along and go, now we're going to lock him up for fucking three months with, with, without yeah, even charging them. Long time, I, I know what you're saying about cornerstones, but I think when it comes down to it, uh, you know, like with everything, you've got to have a balance. They've got to have the ability to be able to do stuff which is in the wider interest. And, you know, like I said before, no one's tracking your movements. No one's looking at your email. No one's going through... But you're, but you're wrong. But you're wrong because they are. But you, but they are. Come right. Individual companies are tracking your movements every day. Google's tracking your movements through your phone. Apple, yeah. Apple. You you can go into Apple and turn it off. But Apple in their phone has has something where they track you so much. They start labeling your home, your home, and your work, your work, because they know know that. Yeah. And that information then gets sold to third parties for advertising and uh, tar- targeted. Switch it off. Yes. Quite, but there's but apps also track you when you don't realise. There's lots of things that are tracking you all the time every day. And the point is, the more people track you, then the more the government's just able to go tap, 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 right, that's where they are. Your Oyster card tracks you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your fucking phone tracks you. Your CCTV. We've got more CCTV in Britain than I think anywhere else in Europe. It's like... And this is the point Edward Snowden was trying to say. There is an alarming shift of the erosion of freedom in terms of your right to privacy... And and I think people are like almost willingly handing it over, and I'm just not fucking having it. <laughs> I don't want to be yeah, part of it. I get what you're saying. I mean, I think the, the 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 way that he was looking at it is that it's some kind of huge government conspiracy, and I think there isn't there hasn't been some huge 
decision by governments throughout the world to, to do that and become more sort of monitoring or whatever. Yes, there has. Yes, there has. It's been incredibly easy for them to. You know, it's as easy now as pressing a button because we give up all this information willingly, like you say, in return for technology and convenience and this and that and the other. And the material is literally there. So it's not like they've gone out and crafted that, you know, sort of... Um, and no, but they, but they have crafted it. If you read... Sort of cynical way. All they've done is we've put that information out there in exchange for technology and convenience, and they've said, all right, it's there. Well, I'll pick it up then. And of course they're going to use it. They don't just pick it up. It's not like picking up a coin on the street. They've they've made systems to steal that information. They've got they've got yeah because it's there. It's out there. Like it's, you know we put it out there. Yeah. Oh no, I agree. I agree. We're self. I agree. We're self monitoring as well. It's like it's, yeah, exactly. It's like in Terminator Three. She goes back to whenever it is, like two thousand and four or whatever, as the Terminator goes and checks the police records to see where people live. And it's like, well, you wouldn't have to do that. In, in reality, you just fucking look at social media and work out where they are immediately, what they're doing. It's like people check themselves well, in. So you mean you wouldn't go into a phone booth and pick up the phone book and then leaf through it, find the page and then rip it out and put it in your pocket and then put the phone book back? You wouldn't do that anymore? No, uh, which is a shame because it's a classic 80s movie uh, it is, move. Yeah, like ripping out the thing and it's like, ah, oh, you're just going to get to that phone booth and leave the person on that piece of paper and you're not going to be able to find it. I, I, I think he does that in um, Back to the Future, he does it in, doesn't he? Yeah, probably. That's why you should also always be ex-directory. I don't even have a fucking house. Ah, well, who's got a landline nowadays? Apart from people's parents. Yeah, no, that's so true. Parents do have it. Was, what was it the other day? And the guy goes, um, the only reason you have a landline nowadays is to make changing your broadband provider more difficult. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's so true, isn't it? It's so true, we don't yeah, know... Yeah, you think, oh, I do have a number. There's this number that is, you know, attached to my name. And I don't have a phone plugged into before, so I've never used it. But yeah, yeah, I didn't have a phone... Oh, right, I didn't have a phone in my old place uh, at all, but I did have a phone number. And um, I'd phoned up BT to cancel it, and they're like, what's your phone number? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. I don't even have a, <laughs> I don't even have a phone, just... Just cancel it. Yeah. Just, just. I'll give you my name and address and just cancel it. And they're like, well, we need your phone number. Why? You've probably got it on record. Anyway. Yeah, right, sir. We can't look you up using your actual details. The, the, the other thing I didn't like about Snowden, and I think it's just a personal thing, it's just that he looks like such a smug cunt, doesn't he? You just want to hit him around the face with a wet fish <laughs> or something. He, he does. I don't know. Watch him, watch him fall over. He does look quite smug. Um, he, yeah, he, he looks quite smug. Beaky glasses and you know his kind of oh I'm ultra intelligent sort of look, and you just think oh fuck off back to Russia you knobhead. <laughs> I don't think he chooses to be in Russia. He has to be in Russia. <laughs> well, no, he did. He actually chose. You know what he was doing. Well, um, also I always say this. I know. Like I... That idiot Assange in the Ecuadorian embassy. Well, Assange is also got a punchable face. Yeah. Did, did you read that thing the other day about how they turned his internet accessible? <laughs> I saw the headline. I didn't read it. <laughs> Because uh, it was the WikiLeaks um, thing where they were putting out all that Clinton stuff. And for some reason, I don't get this, because surely uh, Ecuador isn't going to be particularly pro-US. But they said, oh, you know, that's a bit naughty, so we've cut Julian's internet connection. <laughs> he sat there in his bedroom, <laughs> the, uh, Ecuadorian, like a petulant kid, and all of a sudden the screen goes blank. And then he's like, you know, banging on the ambassador's door. <laughs> And I can't get on the internet. Like, can't get on Facebook. We're going to have to have a chat about this. Yeah. He must look at copious amounts of porn. I mean, worse has he got? Yeah, He's got a room and an internet connection. Right, in the morning, he must wake up, go have breakfast, some Ecuadorian breakfast, which is like, I don't know, guava <laughs> or something. And, and then... What? It's in London. They don't fly the breakfast in from Ecuador. They have, like, corn flakes. <laughs> toast. All right, well, yeah. All right, it's toast, toast and, and tea from Ecuador yeah. and um, he and then he, he probably he, had some right on breakfast he probably had some Ecuadorian filled sourced muesli or something that's been hand picked by an Ecuadorian child in a fair trade village that's, somewhere that's right and then he takes a walk yeah. around then he takes a walk around the garden and then he's like right I better do some WikiLeaks stuff and he'll do what everyone <laughs> does which is go and then just straight away look at porn yeah he'll look at his email first like, you know, read the, read the emails that he gets sent to. Like, uh, you know, uh, oh, uh, 25% off wherever. And then he'll look at that for a bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, half-price Amazon sale. 
yeah. And then he'll go on, like, you know, the, the BBC News website to, you know, see what's happening. Uh, then he'll probably check the football results. Or uh, I can imagine he's into football, actually. Um, and, yeah, and then he'll knock one out. <laughs> and, then he'll, and then he'll do some WikiLeaks stuff, and then he'll knock another one out. <laughs> I've got, um, you know, the bin, you press the button, the lid comes up. The button's broken. Oh, Every yeah. Every time I want to do it, I've sort of got to tilt the bin using one hand and then put the rubbish in using the other. It's really annoying. You know, there's a point in every podcast where I think, this is podcast gold. I think that bin chat was it. <laughs> Genuine podcast gold. Yeah. yeah. So, right, one of the things I've always been, I've always wondered about, especially about you going to yeah. Australia, is that it must be difficult to make new mates. Have you got, like, yeah, genuine good mates? When you're in your 30s. Uh, probably not, no. Like, mates as in blokes that you could go for a beer with or whatever, but not mates that you think, I'm going to be friends with you in 20 years' time if we're living in different parts of the world, you know? Yeah. And I think after you've gone through those formative teenage slash young adult years, it's actually quite difficult. Um, especially when you move to a city where, you know, a lot of people are there, and it's not so much Sydney, actually, because a lot of people aren't from here, but if you move somewhere... And then all the people that you're meeting are kind of from there, and then they're already in their established uh, friendship group. And niches, it's yeah. It's kind of difficult to, yeah. But to be fair, Sydney's got a huge immigrant population, uh, of which I am one. Um, and so that's not so much of a problem there. But it is quite, um, what's the word you're looking for? Well, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Diaspora? You know the word? Diaspora? No. Yeah, yeah, you know, just people who, uh, you know, kind of, there's a big English diaspora here, a big Indian one, a big Chinese one, uh, of, um, you know, just people who, you know, didn't grow up here, you know. Equally, there's a lot of other Australians who live there who didn't uh, grow up here who just came to the city to work, for example, uh, like Faith being one of them. Yeah, so you're, so you're both immigrants to the city, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, even though Faith's from two hours up the road and I'm from halfway around the world. Yeah, it's... I don't know, I reckon when you're in your 30s, you're not that bothered either, because you think, you don't feel like you've got to go out and have a bang at night every weekend, so you think, yeah, it doesn't matter so much. No, oh mate, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit... When you're 21, that's all you want, isn't it? Well, yeah, I'm a bit um, at work, I, I get on with some people I work with, but I don't want to be too friendly with them, because I'm like, I can't, I, it sound, this sounds awful, but I'm like, I don't have the time or inclination to keep up proper friendships. Like, yeah. you know, new friendships. You know people from work start texting you in the, in the evening and you think, oh, bloody hell. <laughs> well, it, de- it depends who. But... You think, shall I reply or shall I not? And then, you know, it'll be awkward tomorrow. Mate, your hair is mega long. Yeah, it is quite long, isn't it? Yeah. So when I first met you, coming up for 20 years ago. Yeah. In fact, I met you 18 years ago this month. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. yeah. 18 yeah. years, that's like a whole child's life you know that's like from the child being born to being um, an adult you know when they can first vote or whatever you know yeah that's, being an adult yeah so imagine, imagine all the children that have been born that were born in 1998 uh in october and are now celebrating their 18th birthday even just in london for example there's bound to be hundreds of kids who are celebrating their 18th birthday and they were born the same weekend that we went to uni yeah, it is weird. It is totally metal, but also that's just yeah. the, that's just the way it is. It's like I've I've started noticing that I'm looking older now. Before, when I was when I was like twenty, oh, yeah, mate, hang a bit of like yeah, my face just like not being as tight as it should be, and my hair's obviously a lot greyer. I don't mind that so much, but it's, it's just got it's just got to the point where I've been looking at myself recently and thought, fuck me, this is it now. That was it. I peaked. I've already peaked. It's ca- oh, no. fucking come and gone. When I stopped drinking a few months ago, I thought, oh, you know, the, the weight will just fall off after a few weeks. But three months later, it's like, fucking hell. I'm going to the gym every day. I haven't had a drink for ages. I'm eating incredibly sensibly. Same here. And still, still, you know, still. Still is there and you think, bloody hell. Yeah, no, mate. Point, it's just so difficult. I've been going to the gym. I, I go to the gym four to five times a week. Um, eat clean I hardly drink anymore and I've just got this massive gut that I can't shift it's like, it's like a it's like a fucking appalling it's, my gut's not that bad it's the bits on the side the love handle bits 
You've always been one for the old fat, bat fat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm actually fatter at the back and sides than I am in the gut. Well, that's all right. I think I just have a, a, a big gut all the time. And it's difficult to hide in clothes. I mean, I don't. I don't. Like, if you saw me, you wouldn't think, oh, there's a fat guy. But I don't have a flat stomach. A pot belly. Yeah. It was it would just yeah. will not shift. It's fucked up. Is that more to do with the volume of food that you consume and the size of your actual stomach? Like, could you shrink your stomach? No, you know what I think it is? I think it's just the fact that even when I was 12 years old, I had a pot belly. It's like, it's just the way I'm designed. Right, yeah, so you're, you're trying to fight against nature, but nature, nature will always fucking win. You know what I mean? You can't, yeah. you can't, you can't stay youthful forever. You can't fucking live forever. It's like one way or another, nature will win. Time is the ultimate fucking winner. Are you still in bed? I'm still in bed. Yeah. Why? What time is it there? It's twenty to one. Fucking hell. Twenty yeah. to one. You're still in bed. Yeah, but I'm gonna get up soon and go to the park with the, with when and all that shit. Oh, is that, who, who are still playing? I think it's Sunderland away. Oh, boring. I'm going to try and find the channel. Actually, I'll do it on my iPad. Uh, Fox, which is the local equivalent of Sky, um, lost the rights to the Premier League. And so now you have to use... It's, I think it's actually the same as what happens in the UK. Yeah, I've got to use this. Optus Sport. Optus Sport. The same as BT Sport is there. So do you get to watch it live? Yeah. That's good. So I cast it, and then it should appear on the TV shortly. So what's the deal with your? What's the deal with why? Why you've grown your hair? Tell me. Is that is that like a midlife crisis? Uh, yeah, I was thinking about it the other day, and it totally is. Like you know, I bought that massive motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. Grew my hair long and started going to metal gigs again. Yeah. Uh, it's just yeah, 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 yeah. It's a total midlife crisis. But you know, what do you do? You're approaching forty. You think, well, fuck. When I have a kid, I'm not going to be able to grow my hair long. The place that I work at the moment is kind of fairly relaxed. It's not like a, it's not like what I imagine your private bank would have been. You oh know, God, no, that was that was stripes and ties and buttons and whatnot. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of relaxed, so I can kind of get away with it. So I thought I might as well. But and then you know, sort of, um, man buns had their little fashionable period, and I thought, yeah, when I get one of them, so I just grew my hair. Yeah, I've well, I've noticed it. I'm wondering why um, I'm I'm I've become absolutely gym obsessed, and maybe that's to do yeah. with um, a midlife crisis. Gym obsessed is different because it's a midlife crisis, but it's also knowing that if you don't, you'll just look like a hideous mess. So basically, everything you do in the gym is just about keeping you on the right side of the line. You know. Yeah. Do you know what I mean. And that's it. What the, you know what, I was going through some pictures of me the other day, and, and it was when I was 24, and I'd been working out for three years at that point. Bigger, and... <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> I knew you when you were 24. You've been working out for three years. What are you talking about? Yeah, 24, 20, uh, no, 25 I've been working out for three years, yeah. Okay, well, fuck you! I'll show you some pictures. There was Jim. No, uh, well, this is my this is my point, right? I know you. Right, for some reason, you're now not believing me, but I will show you some pictures. I'm bigger. I'm bigger then than I am now, and I've been working out now for uh, two years. My my, my really? muscle growth for me is really difficult, and it's it's become a bit of an yeah. obsession. I know what you mean. I, I find the same as well. Like I reckon I'm now probably bigger than I have been uh, for a while. Um, and by bigger, I mean, you know, sort of uh, more muscle mass. But I do so much in the gym. And then, you know, I even look at the weights that I'm lifting. Then I look at other guys using the same machine. And they're lifting the same weight as me. And they're massive. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, if they're lifting that weight and I'm lifting that weight, how come their arms are massive and sculpted and they've got big, huge shoulders that are, like, busting out of their shirt? Because they're 25, mate. That's why. Scrawny little guns, you know? It's like... Uh, there's a girl at my old work and she was um, a white girl and she was really into going out with black blokes and yeah um one of the reasons why was she she said that you know black guys are normally much more muscular she was like yeah. they've got great bodies and she showed me a picture yeah. of one of the guy, uh, guys she was seeing and his arms were yeah. like he, he was massive he was just like proper fucking he wasn't like particularly yeah. ripped but he was just I'm a really big guy with really big arms and huge muscles. And I said, God, does yeah. he does he live in the gym? 
And she went, not really, doesn't really do much. It's like just genetics, yeah. it's just genetics. <laughs> Mate, this guy at my gym, uh, this black guy, he's English as well. I chat to him in person, just, uh, oh, how are you going, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, I see him there, like, pretty infrequently. And uh, I saw him coming out of the gym as I was going in the other day. And he looked massive, like huge arms, huge shoulders. And I was like, uh, oh, yeah, you know, you just had a session. He's like, yeah, yeah, I haven't been here for ages. And I thought, you haven't been here for ages. I come here nearly every day. I see you walking out with your massive arms and your huge shoulders. What am I going to do? Like, literally, what am I going to do? Yeah. People are just blessed, you know? In the two years that I've been working out, only one person has said to me, fucking hell, you put on mass. So that's one person out of everyone I've met. It's only uh, I've got a positive comment. Everyone else, everyone else just, some people even say, oh, you should work out a bit. Or what, why don't you think about putting on some muscle? <laughs> let, let me guess. It was either your mum. <laughs> no, it was, it was not my mum. <laughs> it was my sister's bloke, actually. And he, he said it twice yeah. because I went and stayed over with him. And he noticed it because he was like, oh, fucking hell, you've really put on size. And I was like, yeah, wicked. Yeah. But no one else said it. That's how it works. You take steroids, your arms get a little bit bigger. <laughs> My scrawny arms became less scrawny because I ate the steroids. I'm going to definitely um, start getting on creatine and stuff. Mate, I reckon it's one of those things where you think the short-term gains might be all right, but then when you stop taking it, it'll probably go. So unless you want to commit to taking it for a long period of time, I really don't see as much point. I know, but I'm getting, frust- I'm getting so frustrated with caning it in the gym and just getting no results. And also, I find it very difficult to eat big, to grow big, and not just get fat. Yeah, mate, I've stopped that. I reckon that approach, people say, oh, carb load and eat piles of protein or whatever. I disagree. I reckon you should try and cut down what you eat and just have literally what you need. Like, you don't need it. Like, we spend eight hours a day sat at a desk, pretty much, during the week. Yeah. And you go and have a couple of those in the gym. And then you go home and you're just like sticking around at home, you sit on the sofa or you're on the computer. You know, you don't expend all that energy. It's not like you're some scaffolder and you're chucking up huge structures every day. Like you just don't need it. The proof of the pudding, and the pudding is my big fucking stomach. Right, so anyway, what's your favourite gym exercise? Well, what did I do today? Today I did um, arms and chest. So I started doing uh, bicep curl. Uh, then I did tricep pull-downs. You started doing your triceps before you did your chest. What's that about? Well, what difference does it make? Because your triceps give way normally before your chest does. So the point is you want to keep your triceps fresh for when you first bench press. So what happens is you're doing your chest as much as possible without your triceps giving out too much, which is why you want to pre-exhaust oh, your well, chest. I, didn't realize it. Uh, I, just did, I tend to break it up, so I've got a few different workouts, but... I've got an arms and chest one that I do with uh, free weights, and then arms and chest one that I do with uh, mainly machine. Yeah. And then I've got a shoulders and back one as well. I kind of split between free weights and uh, machine. In a week, I'll try and do all four of those, so I'm not doing the same exercises over and over again. I, I, do, I do pretty much a different routine almost every time I go in the gym. If I'm doing legs, really? I'll start... Yeah, always. Your men apparently just change all the time. Right, for the benefit of the readers, Bolton just showed me his guns. But you've always been a bit of a stocky guy. You're all right. Yeah, uh, I don't think I'm that stocky. Portly? Um, uh, Stout? Yeah. Fat? Stumpy? Obese? <laughs> 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 uh, Obese. Hideous? Yeah, yeah. Uh, out of shape? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mental. <laughs> no, I've, I've always been very, very, very skinny. Very skinny. I mean, you've seen my legs. They're like Bambies, mate. It's unbelievable. Well, mate, when I was um, at the gym the other day, my max leg press, uh, someone else came on after me and he used that as a warm-up and I was like, ah, that's yeah. that's that's the limit of my ability. Yeah, I don't do leg press anymore. The um, neurosurgeon told me not to. He said, do not do uh, leg press. It's bad for your lower back. So what do you do? Uh, I don't. I do resistance work on the bike for my legs. So I don't really do much um, leg weights at all. In fact, oh. I don't. Let me finish my workout. <laughs> uh, I did the pull down. Yeah, tricep uh, pull down. And then 
like a, like a rope, like a standing rope. Yeah, standing row with the rope. Yeah. Over the head for the long for, for the long head of the tricep, yep. And then I went and did loads of stuff on the mat. So I've got these exercises that I've got to do for the nerves to my lower back, which take about uh, ten minutes or so at the end of my workout. What what kind of exercises for your lower back? Because I've got lower back twinges. Well, I've got to do nerve glides. You put your leg up, basically. No, you're lying flat on the ground on your side, and, and then the leg is up. You basically just do a kicking motion like that to stretch the leg out. It stretches all the nerves that run up and down the leg. So I do a hundred of those on each leg, and then I do glute raises. So you put one leg in the air, your foot on the floor like that, and then you lift your ass up. Uh, it's just not acceptable that you're 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 doing this whilst wearing Uggs. <laughs> Uggs, <laughs> Uggs are what teenage girls wear in Britain who watch oh, X Factor. Well, Do you wear them out of the house? No, certainly not. Right. Don't your feet get sweaty? Yeah, they do. They're quite malodorous, actually. Oh, don't smell it. <laughs> so, anyway, the last time I saw you, apart from on Skype, is Bali. Um, yeah, it was. That was a year. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was, it was in Windsor. Remember, we went on that little play date at Windsor Castle. Oh, that's after I had that interview, and we went, yeah, oh, that was great. And then we, um, we the next day, we went to Windsor Castle together, yeah. Yeah, very nice, very nice. They did they did yeah, a good well, English fry-up, despite being Polish. Yeah, then went to Windsor Castle, um, and then I got in my little hire car and drove back to Bristol. Good. Windsor Castle, it was pissing it down that day, but Windsor Castle is, is beautiful. I'm not a big believer yeah, in yeah, the uh, monarchy, but... Uh, <laughs> the, You're not? Yeah. I've never heard you speak about this before. <laughs> yeah, but so, <laughs> saying that, the stuff that we pay for to keep upkeep of, that they live in for free... Um, is amazing, like Windsor Castle, Buckingham Palace, all of that. They're beautiful places. I read an article in the Telegraph the other day. I was going to send it to you, actually, but I forgot. And it was something like, you know, when we leave the EU, the Queen's going to have, like, a $3 million hole in her budget. And I thought, well, you might as well just go get a job then. <laughs> and I thought it was very funny, the way that she was complaining about it. Um, she wasn't complaining. There was an article about it. It wasn't like, you know, they interviewed Queen, and she was like, yeah, fucking Europe. She, I had a dream. I had, I had a dream about the Queen last night. Isn't that weird? Something about her remaining silent and how not saying anything is the royal way of dealing with things. Why the fuck was I dreaming that? You know what um, I've been thinking about? I've been listening to a podcast that talks about lucid dreaming. And, and um, I like the idea lucid, of having lucid dreams for the obvious reasons of sex and perving, but also for the unobvious reasons of can you can explore yourself and know your find find out your subconscious more. At the same time, have you ever been in a dream where you feel trapped in a dream? You know you're dreaming and you're trapped and you can't wake up. Yeah, kind of. But normally, when you're dreaming and you have that sensation, you wake up pretty soon afterwards. Uh, I think it's the coming out of sleep thing, but it's sort of semi semi conscious. I also read the other day, and I'm not sure if this is true, and I'm not sure if I even read it or if I'm just making it up that. Uh, all dreams happen in a short period of time just before you wake up. And what seems like a massive dream that lasts for hours and hours is, in fact, just over the space of a couple of minutes when you're in a specific stage of um, REM sleep, um, which is just before you start to come out of that and then start to wake up. No, 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 I've read that before. I've read that before. Well, it's difficult to tell, isn't it? You, can, you have a really big dream and you're like, was that one single thought or was that like an hour? Oh yeah, and it never happens. Or the other way, when you have a bad dream, and then you wake up and you force yourself to wake up a bit because you don't want to fall back into the nightmare. I haven't had a bad dream in a while, actually. But when you have one, when you have a proper bad dream, it is horrible because when you wake up, you, you realise it's not real, but the emotion that you're feeling is real. It is real, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's well, like, this is what I would feel like in that situation. So you wake up all fucking freaked out. And then you want to wake the other person up and tell them, and then you're like, oh, I can't. So then you just got to lie there yeah. and get over it. Isn't it weird how when you're, um, uh, you wake up, uh, just the presence of someone sleeping next to you, you know, your partner, makes you feel so much better. Even though if there was something terrible happening, it would happen to them as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Yeah, it's true. You always want to wake them up and tell them how horrific it was, so they can go, "Oh, that's awful." Yeah. And you go, "Yeah, dream." But dreaming in general is pretty is pretty wicked. If you actually think about yeah. it, it's completely mental. You go to sleep, and then you just got this whole other world that exists on another plane that you just hang around in, and anything's possible, and you do anything. And the way I always think about it is that like, your brain's um, like a, a sort of hard drive or whatever, and there's a place of random information in there. Um, and when you go to sleep and you start to dream, uh, it's those bits of information that you never ever sort of uh, access during waking time uh, that come up. And then when you have a really bad dream, it's like, you know, your window's up there where it's 30% complete and you're just stuck in some sort of weird place <laughs> yeah. to get out of it. Yeah, it's just it's just fucking Windows 10 where you're waiting to fucking yeah. have a look at X videos, but you can't because you've got an update, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, well, look, I've got, even though we've been talking for about two hours, I've managed to get 47 minutes of this recorded so far. It might two not... Two hours? Yeah. yeah, I think about two hours. Um, It might not be brilliant. Oh, Arsenal won the Is Arsenal home or Arsenal away? No, they're away. Okay. Yeah. Arsenal being Sunderland Shocker. David Moyes is going to get sacked. He started the season saying, I think after the second game, he said, we're basically in a relegation dogfight already. And this was after two games. And he's just got that whole sort of aura of negativity about him that, you know, happened sometimes. Yeah, it's like Roy Roy Hodgson. Self-fulfilling prophecy. And surprise, surprise, they're just going to lose. Yeah. And now they're losing to Arsenal, which is probably not unexpected. But still, you know, if you say stuff like that, it's going to happen. Well, mate, it's all about PMA, isn't it? Positive mental attitude. It's like Roy Hodgson, when when we went into um, World Cup, it must um, have been. It must have been the World Cup. The World Cup in Brazil, wasn't it? Yeah, so we just had the Euro, so it was it was the one in Brazil. Oh, it, was, it was Brazil. It was Brazil, yes, you're right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was Euro 12? Where was that one? Was that the Poland and Ukraine? Yeah, that was the mixed one, wasn't it? The tournament sort of passed me by a bit here, because you get up and watch the matches, and they're in the middle of the night. And it just feels like, you know, we feel a massive disconnect because it's on at such a weird time. And when we were in um, Bali recently, uh, that was when um, the, the Euros were on this time. And, and I think I watched like a bit of one match and you just think, oh, I just can't be bothered. It's two in the morning. I don't care. I'll just enjoy my holiday. You know? was, there, was there football on when we were in Bali? I don't remember that. No, when I was just in Bali in June, July. Yeah, oh yeah, because you went back over there by, for your honeymoon, didn't you? Yeah, well, we went not just to there, we went to other bits of Indonesia as well. It's, it's funny, you know what I was thinking, uh, is um, when we were in Bali and we went snorkelling from the Gili Islands, and it was basically <laughs> two... <laughs> what are you laughing at? I just remember you snorkelling, you were flapping around. Oh, no, mate, mate, it was... Mate, it terrified me. What? Because I just thought it was. I was actually thinking about how how ridiculous it was. It was two kids on on a on a boat in the Gili Islands. So it wasn't trained instructors with certificates. It was just two guys who looked two like guys on a wooden boat. Yeah, in, in a wooden boat who didn't have any safety equipment. They were just basically like in shorts. They took us to the the middle of the fucking sea, <laughs> dumped dumped us all out, and then drove the boat off. I, <laughs> and you know what? Just just before I got in the water. We weren't in the middle of the sea, we were basically between uh, two islands in that little channel that went between um, uh, Gilly Tea yeah, and... it's probably uh, still like yeah. a, a 20 so minute swim to the shore. We were in the middle of the ocean and there were a million other boats doing the same thing. There were just little pockets of uh, snorkelers everywhere. Because you're over the reef. The swim, the swim to the shore would have been 20 minutes. We were far out away from land. But anyway, yeah, but we were far out enough for it to be a fucking panic. Luckily, yeah. I put a life jacket on before I went in, which is which I'm glad I did because the moment the boat drove off, I properly shat my pants. It was like <laughs> it was terrifying. I don't understand how because it's basically like right now you've got to swim for an hour by yourself in open water where you can't touch the bottom. No thanks. I don't know how I don't know how everyone else was so calm. It freaked the shit out of me. Well, you know, you, you know how to swim, right? This is something that you've learned before in your life. So now you're just, you, you're utilizing the skill that you have. It's, it's, but it's about a matter of exhaustion and energy, isn't it? Well, yeah, perhaps if you're in there for nine hours, you know, you might sort of, uh, you might not want to tread water anymore. We were in there for, I think we stopped at two or three different bits, and each one we were probably in the water for less than half an hour. Didn't like it. Yeah, fair enough. I actually quite enjoyed it. 
I, I enjoyed seeing the turtle. That was amazing. Because oh, it came up right in front of me. Oh, you're talking about football. Oh, fucking hell, football, right. Yeah, but anyway, all in all, obviously, we did all those big holidays. Yeah. You're doing that gormless mouth thing uh, that people do when they watch football, <laughs> which is like, oh, something's happening, I'm going to move my mouth, it's like uh, slight, slight O shapes. Yeah, oh, ah, oh, hang on, hang on, no way, ah, oh, oh. All right, well, look, before you come to London, what we got to do is, because I'm going to wrap this shit up, um, before you come to London, we need to um, get an Airbnb. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, actually. Um, let's just stay in the place where Mowat's service department is. It's Bayswater, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, but you know what I think? I think it's because we're now all grown adults with money, we can afford somewhere better, and it would actually be a much more enjoyable weekend if we were somewhere which had an open balcony area, which had a little bit yeah, more space. Yeah, we'll get somewhere nice. Yeah, I don't want to get some shit on somewhere. I want to stay somewhere sort of reasonably close as well. I don't want to stay kind of in the outside of nowhere. I've done the, I've done the uh, fucking sleeping on people's floors and sharing four to a hotel bed and all that shit. I've, you know, now, now is the time for luxury. Yeah, indeed. Let's get some luxury. Um, are we supposed to review something right away on your podcast? Oh, yes. We are supposed to review something uh, because it is the early late night review. Um, suggest something which should be reviewed. Well, I had um, a slice of Mother Roth chocolate <laughs> whilst I was talking to you. Um, it, it was dark chocolate and it contained pieces of crystallised ginger. Um, last night I had uh, the white chocolate version, which was Madagascan uh, vanilla. Out of the two, I think I preferred the uh, Madagascan vanilla. But, um, you know, overall they're both pretty reasonable. What, what was it, Aldi? Aldi, Mother Roth. Yeah, I um I'm a big fan of dark chocolate, those slabs that you get. Yeah, no, they're they're fantastic. I would say that the green and blacks is always really shit compared to the lint, which is fantastic. Some of the lint over here can be a bit funny, it's a bit waxy. Um some Australian chocolate is just badly made and it's sort of a bit waxy and has like a a, like a greasy sort of consistency to it. But the Mozzarella from Aldi, even though it's cheaper, it uh, doesn't have that. Uh, it just seems to be nicer. It sort of melts better in your mouth and so on. Well, it's, it's all about levels of vegetable oil in the, uh, in the, in the chocolate. What would you give the um, chocolate out of 10? I'd probably give it a 7.5 out of 10. 7.5? All right, we're going to allow deci- decimals, but you, you, you went cavalier there. All right, well, look, this is the first time I've uh, actually chatted to somebody one-on-one. Um, so this is good. Well, I'm going to see you in, like, four weeks. You've gone, you've gone completely gormless now because you're watching the football. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll engage with you. Yeah, engage for, engage, yeah, yeah. engage for four more minutes because we'll get it to an hour and then we'll chop this shit up. And it might not even yeah. be recordable, mate, because I'm recording you on Skype and then using my phone to record the noise. It'll probably just be a... But, yeah, never mind. Um, so, yeah, what I was going to say was uh, we arrived um, in London at about lunchtime, I think, so we'll just go straight to this apartment that we haven't booked yet. Um, and then, you know, we'll all just meet there in the afternoon. Uh, Matt and Stuart coming out as well. Cool. Um, and, yeah, we'll just have a bit of a booze up, you know? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I've got to go on this Saturday. It's a bit annoying, though. So do people still get their kids christened? Because I went to a christening the other day, and I was like, what? Well, I think my, my sister's, uh, she's got three kids. Her eldest, um, he's three, three and a half, I think. He got christened last time I was there for Christmas, which was in 2012. And she's had two other kids subsequently, and I think she's been saving up their christenings um, until I can attend, which was quite nice of it, really. C of E, yeah? Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. Actually, funny enough, um, he just started a primary school, um, and it's the Church of England primary school, and they actually made a to church and everything. Yeah, I went to a Church of England primary school, I had to do all that. Church, yeah, choir, candles in oranges, all of that. Teaches you a lot of stuff about religion and context of your culture, which is good. So you understand why things Chris are done. Dingle. Do you remember the oranges with the candle, Chris Dingle? That's what I just said. Orange and yeah, candles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right, and that was that's the name of it, Chris Dingle. Um, but they did that last year, and it just looked really cute. And you just there. Yeah, oh, I liked it, but I liked it when I was a kid, just because you had an orange and a candle, and we celebrated lots of stuff. But I was not. Um, I was, you know, I'm not really a, a, a Christian. But churches are very nice places. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is, uh, ben, is Ben coming back this Christmas? I'm not sure if he is or he isn't. No, he's not. He's, 
No, he's not. Oh. He'll be he'll be roaming the globe as always. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Living his life, O'Reilly. <laughs> life, O apostrophe Riley. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, yeah, hang on. How does it go? I can't remember. Who was it by? Uh, the lightning seeds. They used it on. Oh, yeah, they used it on Match of the Day or yeah. something at one point. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't remember really. It was. I can remember it. I can't enunciate it. Oh uh, yeah, whatever. We'll get it. We'll get it. No worries. I'm gonna put it on Spotify. Well, you're gonna have to have that as the um, outro now. Well, also, every podcast needs a title, so maybe the life o- <laughs> the life O'Reilly. I can't put too much stuff on um, which is licensed music in case iTunes pulls me off. <laughs> no- nothing like getting pulled off by iTunes. Well, I just typed in O'Reilly to... Um... Oh, hold on, I'll get it now. Here we go. Oh, yeah! Brilliant. Yeah, anyway, turn him off. Yeah, there we go. That, that, funnily, funnily enough, right? And you know what I did the other day? I went through all my old uh, black metal albums, um, but on Spotify, I was listening to stuff like Emperor and um, Old Man's Child and Dimmu Borgia. Children of Bottom, Cradle of Filth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, not Bottom, actually. I didn't put any Bottom on, but maybe I will. And yeah, like, some of it's actually still quite good. I listened to uh, Born of the Flickering by Old Man's Child, which was uh, like the second studio album or something like that, on Century Media, uh, released in like 1993. And it rocked. I really enjoyed it. I didn't think I was going to enjoy much of it. And to be honest with you, a load of it was utter shit. But that particular album was quite good. I do remember Children of Bottom being quite good. It's when it gets too tinny that I don't like. It's, it's... Underproduced. Yeah. I really liked Morbid Angel were very good because they were more Black, black Doom. Yeah, the Doom, I always preferred Doom vocals. Black metal vocals. Yeah, that quacky yeah. duck thing that they do. I can't stand it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Screaming. Didn't you have a Cradle of Filth jumper? Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of embarrassingly now, actually, because if you look back, they were a bit shit, Cradle of Filth. Well, they were, and I went to see them live once just to see Anathema. Anathema pulled yeah. out of supporting them, and therefore <laughs> I, I, I just ended up at a Cradle of Filth gig, and it was proper yeah. shit. I went to see them once. What's that one called on... Um, it's in central London, a sort of largish venue. Astoria? Um, on Charing Cross Road. Astoria. Is it the Astoria? I can't remember. London Astoria. Um, or London Astoria 2. Yeah, yeah, probably. And I saw them in there, and they had, you know, the dancing girls in cages and all that stuff. But to be fair, they actually put on a pretty decent show, but if you look back, it is a tiny bit embarrassing. I, I do remember the um, girl, dancing girls in cages, and I was just like, well, yeah. this is whack. It, it wasn't some feminist stance. I was just like, I don't get it. Just play some good music. Cheesy, yeah. It's funny how your memories of stuff as well. Uh, and then you speak to someone else who was at the same gig and they have a different memory. Because I was chatting to uh, the ass the other day about, uh, who was it? About Sabbath. And he said, oh yeah, I'm going to see Sabbath whenever. And I was like, oh, do you remember when we saw them in 96? And I was like, oh, I'm sure we've never seen them. And it turns out it wasn't Sabbath after all. We just saw Ozzy at Ozfest. <coughs> oh, ditto. I saw Ozzy at Ozfest in 96. We were probably at the same well, festival. Well, maybe you'll remember this then. I've got this memory of Bill Ward, the Sabbath drummer, coming onto the stage as a little cameo. And then he got debagged. Someone ripped his drawers down. And his bollocks are there flapping around in the wind like an old man. And I don't think the ass had any recollection of that at all. I remember, no, I remember Bill Ward coming on. I remember Bill Ward coming on. I don't remember his trousers being pulled down, but that does ring a bell. <laughs> I certainly don't remember his bollocks flapping in the wind. <laughs> Do you remember? And this is. I've just got this image of the old man swinging, you know. Well, do you remember? And this, this, this really is a sign of the times. Before Ozzy came on, there were two big screens either side of the stage, and what was happening was the cameramen were zooming in on fit girls in in the crowd, (laughs) and getting them to show their tits. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and everyone's yeah, going, do it, do it, do it, do it, and until they, until they did. And the then boys he, one sat on her boyfriend's shoulders, and then it would go in on that one, and she'd feel compelled to do it. You know? Yeah, and well, that's what happened. And they did it with three or four girls, and then they did it with one girl, and everyone's going, do it, do it, and she didn't, and then everyone started booing her. It was all a bit like, 
Uh, that just wouldn't happen nowadays. That that was like 25 yeah. years ago. That would not happen nowadays. Just a bunch of men in a field going, tits, 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 tits. It, it's, it, like, just talking about it yeah. feels a bit wrong. Show and, into a flash for our own amusement. Yeah. Otherwise, you, you've got like mob anger. It, it was it was really weird. But um, yeah, no, the Ozfest. That was also when I went to see them in Mil- Milton Keynes Bowl Ozfest, and that's that's, that's when they were doing those. Was a game on a coach. There was I don't know if you remember at some point there was a Mexican wave going round, but the Mexican wave wasn't people doing Mexican wave. It was people chucking rubbish, and it was yeah. just a sea of rubbish coming round. It was really it was actually really funny. Yeah, yeah, like chucking all the beer plastic uh, beer cuts yeah. yeah and I remember that's that's when Foo Fighters did one of their first gigs or one of their first big gigs and everyone was like yeah, they were don't care they were like the second uh, they were on as the warm up acts almost weren't they if I remember right it was well it, it was, was, ju- it was during the day early evening sort of period where everyone's pissed um, and no one really cared about the Foo Fighters everyone just wanted it to move on to Aussie and it was just like I remember sitting up on the bank at the back and no one was really watching the Foo Fighters it was just isn't that isn't that weird? We didn't know each other, but obviously we were probably pretty near, pretty near each other. Yeah, in a sea of thirty thousand other people or whatever, <laughs> who all looked like metalers. I was wearing my Sepultura shirt. Yeah, I'm not sure what I was. Wearing. Yeah. I had a Sepultura shirt. Which one did you have? Uh, Chaos AD. I had the same. No, like the mummy. One. I had a mummy, a mummy hanging upside down. <laughs> so I listened to that album quite recently. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's all right. I, I heard some Soulfly the other day, and I always hated them. And I and I heard it, and I was like, actually, not bad. Yeah. yeah, it's funny stuff that, you know, stands the test of time and still sounds pretty good, you know, 20, 25 years on. There's so much dated stuff, though, so much, so much dated stuff. Listen, yeah. we should get the uh, we should get the aths on the, on, on the pod. Yeah, he'd be into that, he likes internets. <laughs> he loves the internets <laughs> and stuff. He's on Facebook all the time posting stuff about bands. Yeah, yeah, I think he goes to quite a lot of gigs. He goes to a lot of stuff that are 90s-ish. Um, but also a lot of sort of uh, local like Mancunian rock bands that I've never heard of uh, that he just sees because he's up there, you know. Well, there's a band called Turbo, Turbo Wolf, and I didn't know many other people who'd heard of them, and he turned up in Bali with a Turbo Wolf top on, and I was like, oh, right. Yeah, in fact, I think it was the weekend before I left Bristol in 2011 we went to see a Turbo Wolf gig. It's pretty cool. Oh, right, yeah, cool. All right, so what, what are you going to do? Finish watching the football, have a wank and go to sleep? Uh, yeah. Well, and then what, Faith's going to come in really pissed and wake you up? Uh, no, she's uh, coming back tomorrow. Her, she's at a hen's do, it's up in Newcastle. So she's uh, staying up there. Oh, right, so you've got, the whole pl- you've got the whole run to yourself, including the bed where you can spread out. Yeah, I've got the entire one-bedroom apartment to myself. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I might go downstairs later. What, have you got downstairs? No, obviously not. All right, well, look. <laughs> Um, it's been good chatting. It's been a good experiment on the pod, and I will. Yeah, it has indeed. I hope it works out sound quality wise. Uh, if not, we'll just do it again in person in six weeks' time. Yeah, all right, wicked. You, me, and uh, Maui at least. Yeah, do you reckon I'll walk up? He, he's flakier than a fucking Xmas Yeti. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Xmas Yeti? An Xmas Yeti, I mean. Not Xmas. Not, not, yeah, Christ- yeah, yeah, I know not Christmas yeah. Yeti. All right, so um, say goodbye. And uh, bye then. Bye. Think I'll take a walk down by the river. Never wanna ride when skies are gray. Got to move and feel the motion. Feeling absolutely great today. Every stormy cloud be smiling. Every little bird goes sailing by You just hang your troubles on their wings And watch them disappear Goodbye,
absolutely great today Every stormy cloud be smiling at you Cause every little bird goes sailing 